Welcome to the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast. Your connection to all the latest industry trends, insights, and points of view on the mortgage market from Freddie Mac leaders and other industry experts. Welcome to the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast. I think it's safe to say that forbearance has been one of the biggest, if not the biggest topic in the housing industry since the pandemic began. With so many people impacted either through health challenges or employment status, people want to know what their options are. In addition to being a stabilizing factor in the industry during this critical time, Freddie Mac is also committed to being a resource for those who need it. With that, I'm pleased to introduce my guest today, who is an expert on all things forbearance and is going to break down some of the facts and figures for us. Kevin Palmer is our Senior Vice President of Portfolio Management here in Single Family. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Liz. Great to be here. So let's jump right in. There's been a lot going on out in the media, um, in the news about what consumers will encounter if they go into forbearance. Um, I think it's also safe to say that there's a lot of conflicting information out there. So can you just break it down for us and tell us where we are on the forbearance issue? Yeah, I, I agree. There are a lot of questions uh, around forbearance. I mean, it's one of those things that gets talked about a lot and sometimes is a little bit confusing. I think first is kind of understanding what forbearance is. And forbearance is essentially an agreement, an arrangement between a servicer and a borrower and where the servicer agrees that during the period of time that the borrower is on this forbearance plan, that to the extent that the borrower does miss any mortgage payments, that they will not proceed with any foreclosure actions related to missing payments. They also agree, which is sometimes a little unique in this COVID-19 environment, that they will not report the borrower as delinquent to the credit bureau. So it does not have an impact during the time they're on forbearance on the borrower's credit score. So how is that different than in the past, Kevin? Has this ever happened before? Forbearance is something that we generally use for temporary hardships that the borrower has. It's kind of like a timeout period to allow the borrower some time to get back on their feet again and start resuming their mortgage payments. Uh, we've also rolled this out in the past uh, for natural disasters that have occurred. And again, you know, allowing the borrower some breathing room to be able to get their feet underneath them again, to be able to allow them to start making their payments again. So this is a tool that we use in the past. What's a little bit unique is some of this happening more at a national scale. And who is eligible? You know, any borrower that has had a financial impact due to COVID-19 is eligible. How long does it last? Do they have options as to how long they can be in forbearance? And are there implications to those options? Yeah, they do have options that can be anywhere from one to 12 months. And it really depends on the borrower situation. So the borrower would call in, talk to their servicer, discuss their circumstance. And depending on that circumstance, the servicer will put the borrower on a forbearance plan. Typically, the forbearance plans are short-term, say three months, and then the borrower would be reevaluated. To the extent that they continue to have a hardship, they would be able to extend that forbearance to up to 12 months. And at the end of those 12 months, so I think that's also been a point of contention out in the news. You know, people have heard that they're going to have to repay things in one big lump sum at the end, all their missed payments. So can you give us the facts about that? I think that's probably the number one question that we get. What happens at the end of forbearance? And really, it depends on the borrower's circumstances. To the extent the borrower has the ability to pay back those missed payments uh, at the end of forbearance, and we encourage the borrowers to do so. But that is not required. And this is what, you know, a lot of uh, media attention in terms of, you know, they're required to make a full lump sum payment. If the borrower is able to do that, 
that is great and it's actually beneficial for the borrower to do that. But to the extent that they are not able to do that, there are many other options. There are repayment plans that maybe they could repay the missed payments for the next you know, six to 12 months. There's something that we just rolled out called a payment deferral. And a payment deferral essentially allows a borrower to resume making their mortgage payment that they had before. And those missed payments are essentially added as a balloon at the end of the mortgage. And so to the extent the borrower ultimately refinanced later on, the amount of missed payments would be collected at that time. Yeah, payment deferral was a long-awaited solution that we rolled out a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's very beneficial for borrowers. Have you heard any feedback on this from the marketplace? We've heard a lot of feedback from our servicers and really welcoming that option to be added, especially in this environment where you know there are many borrowers that have been laid off and, and hopefully most of them on a temporary basis from their jobs. Hopefully they'll be able to resume employment uh, at the same income level as they had before. And so to have an option to be able to resume making the mortgage payments, the same payment as they had before is a great option. Now, we also have additional options. So to the extent that on a more permanent basis, the income has been reduced, we still have loan modifications that has the ability to lower the mortgage payment relative to what they were paying before. And essentially, that is done through kind of further extending the term, which kind of spreads out those payments over a longer period of time. And to the extent that they're eligible, even a reduced interest rate could occur. So those are all really helpful solutions for borrowers. It still doesn't negate the fact that there are so many mortgages right now in forbearance and so many people struggling. Black Knight recently reported that nearly 9% of mortgages in the United States are in forbearance. Can you put that in perspective for us? This is really unprecedented. I like to think about in, in call it modern mortgage times. Unemployment has gone from historic lows to close to 15% uh, unemployment that we're at now, which exceeds by a reasonable amount what we saw during the great financial crisis. And so we really haven't seen this type of level of unemployment since really the Great Depression. And granted, the Great Depression was even, even worse than this. The other thing I think is really interesting right now is many borrowers that have had an impact related to COVID-19 have called in to their servicer as they should do. They've been put on a forbearance plan but many of these borrowers have been able to continue to pay their mortgage. You know, in some sense, the forbearance plan is kind of a protection. They feel like that they have some reserves. They're going to potentially leverage those reserves to pay other bills. But to the extent that they can continue to make their mortgage payment, they have. And so what's unique in this environment that many of those borrowers that are on forbearance plans have continued to make their mortgage payment. And we hope as this will pass uh, more quickly and that those borrowers are able to resume employment and continue all of our lives as we want to, uh, you know, after this uh, pandemic. So even if someone's taken or, or entered into a forbearance plan and they've still continued to make their mortgage payments, will there be any negative effects for them down the road? If they're on a forbearance plan and never miss a payment, I can't see any negative implications. If they're on a forbearance plan and they do miss payment, going back to the agreement is that there will be no foreclosure actions while they're on that forbearance plan. And while they're on that forbearance plan, their credit score is not impacted. As it relates to kind of other broader implications outside the mortgage sector, it's tough for me to, to specifically speak to that. Thanks. That's helpful. I know there's a lot of confusion out there about that as well. I also wanted to talk about the 80% of borrowers who are unemployed but classified as temporarily unemployed. Is this being treated any differently than those who are just flat out unemployed? In a way, 
No, I think, you know, again, to get put on a forbearance plan, the, the borrower simply needs to call in to the servicer, discuss their individual situation with them, whether it's temporary or uh, more permanent, they're eligible to be put on a forbearance plan. Now, typically forbearance is done for those with a temporary hardship with the assumption that, hey, if we just have a timeout for three, six, you know, even as long as 12 months, that will give enough time for the borrower to get back on their feet again. I think we're hopeful that in this environment, that unemployment that has shot up to 15%, the 80% that are temporarily unemployed will be able to quickly resume making their mortgage payment once they're able to gain full employment. And if you look at the percent increase, you know, our unemployment level was, you know, say around 4%, a little bit under than that before that. Most of that increase in unemployment from 4% to 15%, of course, driven by COVID-19 and almost all of that listed as temporary unemployment. Yeah, the numbers really are unprecedented, though. It's been such a challenging time for so many people out there, but it's also the servicers to consider. So how has this affected them? You know, what are their responsibilities to borrowers, to Freddie Mac? How are they faring in all of this? It's a great question. There's been a significant impact to our servicers. The servicing community are really the front lines. They're out there available to be able to help borrowers that have been impacted by this. What's unique is at the same time that this is all happening, which is, you know, call it a, a very quick and abrupt recession that we're all facing. We've all been transitioned to uh, work remote environments. Most all of our servicers have transitioned their call centers, their most all of their staff to working from home. And so they've had the additional burden of transitioning all of that operations to a work remote environment, uh, coupled with really with no warning, a massive unemployment environment that we have in this economy and call volumes that have significantly you know, increased. And I know late March and even early April, you know, many borrowers, unfortunately, were waiting on hold for a significant period of time in order to contact their servicers. In most any other recession uh, in the past, servicers have had many months to be able to start ramping up and adding new employees to be able to handle the volume. We didn't get the, you know, even three-week heads up on this crisis. And so the servicers, they've been adding capacity. You know, we watch kind of the call volume and things that are called like the abandonment rate, which is if a borrower kind of waits on hold for a period of time and then it ultimately hangs up before they talk to a call center representative, that's called an, uh, an abandonment. And, you know, kind of watching those statistics and those things spiked up for the worse, you know, in late March and early April. But since then, the servicers have been able to get their feet underneath them and add a whole lot more additional staff to these call centers and to be able to really serve the borrowers as they need to be served. In addition, many of the servicers have rolled out different digital platforms that allow the borrowers, if they go to their webpage and log in, uh, are able to really address their issues. For those that have these digital platforms, I hear that roughly 80% of those borrowers taking up forbearance are doing it online, either from you know an app on their phone or from a website. And so this has significant strain on our servicers from a people perspective. I think additionally, our servicers, when a borrower misses their payment, for Freddie Mac, they're obligated to advance the borrower's interest 
to Freddie Mac. And you look at the whole mortgage ecosystem, ultimately we've got mortgage-backed security investors that have invested in those ultimate mortgages. And when the borrower misses payments, as long as that mortgage is in that mortgage-backed security, payments, even if they're not paid by the borrower, are expected and are obligated to be received to the investor. And so how we've arranged it with our servicer is the servicer advances interest, even if the borrower misses the mortgage payment. Freddie Mac will then take that interest We'll add the missed principal payment, and then we'll send that to the mortgage-backed security investor. And that, that will happen for the entire period that the loan stays in the security. And so that's an additional financial obligation that our servicers have is that advancement of interest while the borrower is not paying their mortgage. In addition, the servicers need to ensure that any taxes that are due on the property are paid as well as any property insurance that is due on the property is paid. And what we're hearing so far is the vast majority of the servicers are being able to handle that well. They've been able to you know, get various different financing lines in place to be able to meet those financial obligations. That's a lot for them to be dealing with, both on the people front and the financial front. And then we're also hearing that you know servicers are also contending with more money lost from portfolio held or privately securitized mortgages. I mean, I'm assuming that has as much of an impact, if not more, on them from a cash flow perspective. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, we represent probably a little bit under half of all the mortgages in the U.S., but a big portion of that also is made up from FHA, VA, which often get securitized as Ginnie Mae securities. And the forbearance take-up rate on those loans have been you know, even higher. You quoted the Black Knight survey of 9% overall, where Freddie and Fannie are closer to 6.5%. So that means the rest of those portfolios are higher than 9%. And that's coming from the FHA, VA type loans, as well as the private label securitizations. And the unique financial arrangement from the servicer is, is different depending on who the ultimate investor is. But you're exactly right. Not only does this add significant burden from an operational perspective to be able to handle receiving those calls, but in addition, the financial burden, because in, in almost all of these arrangements, there is the financial obligation of the servicer to advance any missed mortgage payments to that ultimate investor during the period of time that is it is delinquent, at least for a period of time. And so it definitely is additionally adding a, a lot of strain to the overall mortgage community. For sure. So Kevin, you've shared a lot today about what we've done from a support perspective and the resources that we've offered. Do you feel at this point that we've addressed most of the issues that have been brought to bear by this crisis, or are there still lingering items that we have to address? Are there other commonly asked questions that you're getting often? I sure hope we have. At the same time, we're constantly out there listening to what our servicers are saying, what they're hearing from the borrowers to make sure that we can be flexible and and provide any additional assistance. I think one thing I want to definitely point out is you know, one of the you know silver linings, if you will, of the great financial crisis is that we put in place many tools and resources for our servicers and our borrowers to be able to address a, a wide range of issues and crises that could occur. And so when this happened, it was within weeks you know, that we had to kind of be fully ready. We basically had, call it full solutions, ready and available. It, it didn't take much time at all to roll out the forbearance programs. We had things in place to implement repayment plans, extending the term of the modifications, you know, any type of more permanent you know, interest rate reductions. Those things were not in place when the financial crisis hit more than a decade ago. And things that took 
in some cases, a couple of years to be able to put in place. So that was definitely a huge benefit for us this time around to be able to roll that out much more quickly. At the same time, anytime there is a huge event like this, one, there's a lot of stress happening right now in the market. If you're, if you're a borrower that has lost their job, and we, we all hope it is just on a temporary basis, but that is not certain either. You know, having clarity of the options that are available to them is so important. And we rely on our servicers that are out there to be able to communicate effectively to them. And, and as such, we need to make sure that they have the resources that they need. So we've done a, a few things at Freddie Mac. One, from an overall borrower perspective, we've got a whole campaign, hashtag help starts here that we've rolled out. In addition, we've got a website, myhome.freddiemac.com that gives the resources to the borrower so that they can understand the options that are available to them and be able to give them the resources they need even before they call their servicers so they understand what are the options that are available. In addition, we've provided our servicers kind of a, an ebook that has all the various different adjustments, changes, resources that they need so that they can work effectively with their borrowers. We've rolled out a servicer call script so that they can leverage that and the messaging ultimately to the borrowers can be very similar across the range of servicers that we have. And so that ultimately all the borrowers that need help in this environment are able to get the help that they need. For sure. And we've also launched the interactive experience for our borrowers that is available on our hashtag help starts here campaign in Spanish. So we have resources in different languages as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And for borrowers who aren't sure if their loans are backed by one of the GSEs, we also have a loan lookup tool where borrowers can go and search their loan to see if they are eligible for the relief provided to mortgages that are backed by the GSEs. Great. So Kevin, any upcoming news that's coming out that you'd want to share with, with our listeners or anything that they have to look forward to going forward? No big announcement to be done here on the call. And like we mentioned before, the announcement uh, more recently of payment deferral was our last big announcement out there. And again, we're listening to our servicers. They're listening to the borrowers. And to the extent that there are additional solutions needed in this environment, we're going to make any additional changes and, and there'll be more announcements. But what we're hopeful for is that what we've rolled out so far is going to help address the needs of the borrowers that are out there and help them give that appropriate timeout while we're in this quarantined and high unemployment environment and that many borrowers will be able to get back to work and to be able to kind of resume a more normal life and that the solutions that we've rolled out will be able to help them transition more easily. Absolutely. Help starts here with Freddie Mac for sure. Kevin, thank you for all the insights and resources you shared with our listeners today. We certainly hope that you all found this valuable, and our team will continue to offer, as Kevin said, all the resources and support that you might need as we continue to navigate this event. So please make sure you're checking back on our single family website for the latest updates, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well so you're up to date on all the news from our single family team. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for listening to the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast. Stay tuned and subscribe to catch additional interviews with key industry leaders and experts. Home Starts Here is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you rating, reviewing, and sharing with your network.